0: all right my check my check what's good everybody we're back for another special episode of the fresh start podcast which host dj boom i'm sitting here with special guest jacob and our co-host dico hey we so, back so. man yeah i'm here man we survived corona yeah,
1: Corona's not over yet. I How mean, are you gonna
0: survive
2: something America, that hasn't? over yet? We survived quarantine. Yeah, I, I feel like it never even First started stage. for me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we we continued to work through. Yeah, the whole time. I met one guy that said he actually had Corona, but he said it's like the worst flu ever. He just like. Still, nothing happened. He still did CrossFit every day, mm-hmm. which I thought was cute. He found a way to introduce the fact that he does CrossFit into the conversation. You talking about boy? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't even hear that part. That's yeah. funny.
2: He's like, oh, you know, my doctor said I got it. But, you know, I was still doing CrossFit in my gym every day because I got a CrossFit uh, gym in my garage. So, you know, I, I live that kind of life. That? I was like, yeah, okay, cool. So uh, introduce yourself
0: to the people real quick, Jacob.
2: Uh, name is Jacob Payne, a.k.a. King Jacob. King Jacob. Yeah. Okay. Nickname I earned That's uh, first time school. I heard that. Man, you know, it's something I wasn't really proud of, but I feel like, you know, it's about time to get it back <laughs> to light.
1: Tell me the story. I want to know the story behind King Jacob. All right.
2: There's, there's a lot of context here, but, like, rewind back. This is in 2006, 2007, back when I was in high school. I was at this uh, house party at my brother's house. His, uh, he's got a different dad than me, and he was, they were rich. So they had this lake house up on uh, Jackson Lake in uh, North Georgia. And I was at this party, and I was sitting on the couch with all my brother's friends. I don't really know anybody. I'm just sitting there drinking and just chilling. And this hot-ass blonde walks up to me, and she's like, hey, I like you. And she sits down. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then we're sitting there. We're hitting off. Everything's going good. We start making out. And out of nowhere, uh, she starts grabbing my stuff. I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know? But then we start fooling around, and I realized we're in the center of the living room. Like, everybody's watching us, right? Yeah. Totally inappropriate, but we start doing it. Right there, I'm dead, like in the middle of the uh, like this right there. Uh, man, I was like 16, 17. It was my junior year, so sometime around then. But uh, fast forward about you know, three minutes later, going you know, towards the end of it. But uh, everybody's cheering us on, you know, <laughs> and they're giving advice. They're like, smack her ass, smack her ass. I'm like, yeah, you know, like getting into it. Well, I'm about to finish, right? And I'm a showman, like, I gotta give a show, I can't just fucking, like just pull out and just be done. I can't finish in her because, like, you know, I'm not responsible enough for a kid yet. So what I do is, uh, you ever, like, back in the 90s, you used to do this thing called the bionic seahorse. Mm-hmm. You grab your ankle, you grab your head, you start, you know, cranking mm-hmm. it. I decided had to pull out and start doing that, right? You know, give a show. Well, like is I said. Is this but, a real story? No, this is legit. <laughs> and I don't know if somebody spilt a beer on the floor. Like, it was hot, humid, you know, Georgia heat is. Anyway, it was slippery. I slipped mid-pump. Mid, uh, and when I come down, my elbow comes out, cracker in the back of the head. Knocks out clean in front of everybody.
1: This is like something off a of super bag.
2: I'm about to say. Man, <laughs> like, dude, it was, this was something, right?
1: This sounds like Seth Rogen wrote it. Yeah,
2: but fast forward. Her friends came in, took care of her, Everything's fine. Monday morning, we're at school. My friends started calling me King Jacob. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get the reference, man. Like, what's up with that? And they're like, King Jacob, man, he's crowning all the fat bitches. Keep in mind, this girl wasn't fat. They changed the story to make her fat. So was everybody's talking about me just crowning women, just fucking just dropping elbows Who on them. Who changed
1: the story to fat women? Who was just like, yeah, this fat I, bitch. God, yeah, you I know really
2: just like, yeah, I guess it was Yeah, I guess it was, you know, funny. So but what? That happened. Flash forward, like, four or five years later, I'm in Korea drunk with all my buddies. And then they're all, you know, tell us something funny, man. I was like, let me tell you about the time I earned the nickname King Jacob. And it's just every time I got drunk, uh, you know, playing drink games, everything like that, all my buddies all started calling me King Jacob again. Yeah. And then it got added on. You know, the story got embellished more and more along the way. And then uh, started, uh, you ever go to a bar and they got like the dollar bills and shit all over the roof, like Mm -hmm. stapled up, you know, the cool little swagger. But I started signing those dollar bills when I put them up. King Jacob World Police. Just because I felt like that tagline just completed the name. No relevance whatsoever. I was about to say oh.
1: world police. Yeah. I was like,
2: this is all over the place. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, like uh that movie Team America with the puppets and shit, they go mm-hmm. to like stop Kim Jong-il from like destroying the world. That's Team it's man, it's an old movie. That's like early two thousands. Bless you. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> that just happened. And uh yeah, so like uh there's bars downtown Savannah, there's bars in Detroit, Chattanooga, I'm Korea, for them Japan. Now
1: in Savannah. The bars that have um, the dollar bill up. I want to say like it's King James. King Jacob. I mean, sorry. King Damn. Jacob. Yeah, that was a test
2: of Excuse me. I was yeah.
1: thinking about beheading. Like, look, uh, the story that you was... <laughs> I was like, okay, is he going to tell me that he was beheading the bitch because he, like, accidentally, like... I'm dead. Or, like, well, how was that story going to go? I man, so, you just got to
2: draw the people's elbows sometime, man.
1: Man, That <laughs> but, wasn't the time, though. Oh, no, it was a <laughs> time. That wasn't the time.
2: But, as a matter of fact, uh, Bar Bar down in Savannah... Yeah, I know for a fact like, I got one right there, right to the left of the bar. Like if you look up, you'll I'm see one. For it now.
1: Next time I really don't be bar,
2: bar hopping. hopping like that.
1: I don't either. But next time I, whenever <laughs> next time I go, I'm. Yeah,
2: see, like I, man, if I drink, I'm usually just drinking like by myself, like you know, alone. But if I'm going out to a bar, like I'm going out bar hopping, like I'm gonna, like we're gonna see if we can hit 20 bars tonight. Let's pound a a pint at each one of them. See, are you driving or walking in between these bars? I'll see. I'm walking in between, but that's why I like downtown Savannah. Let's just yeah. bar, 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 bar. See, that's a lot of walking, man. Yeah, it's, it's
1: really not that yeah. much walking when you think about it. Twenty bars downtown. Twenty
0: bars. You don't even yeah. hit. You don't even so have to hit. Say you spend fifteen minutes in each one. Twenty bars. That's, yeah, long that's doable. I'm, yeah, I want to say. Yeah that's, the point. Like, yeah, that's that's the, the point, man. That's
1: the beauty of it. Is that's you literally can fucked up. Go, you're
2: fucked up different, man.
1: But that's yeah. the thing. Okay, so my I don't remember much from my twenty first birthday. Yeah. Um.
2: That's the best way to have it. I do.
1: But no, I don't. And the reason why is because I kid you not, if you were to ask me the next day how many bars you went to, I would have told you three. And that was my legit answer. In my head, we went to three bars. Yeah. Came to find out we went to at least ten. <laughs> and my homegirls were like, You don't remember when we went to this bar and this bar and this bar and no, this bar? You can easily in one night in downtown Savannah hit like fifteen bars pretty quick. Because you could just there's so many little tiny dive bars that you could yeah. just walk into on your way to another bar or whatever, like, yeah. It's easy between like River Street. Uh, no, before you even get to River Street, like. Well, shit, Broughton now that Street.
0: quarantine's over. Yeah. You know, so yeah y'all boys Matt, got
1: it. Now you want to bar and
0: <laughs> let me know? Shit, I'm about it. um So, <laughs> we, we, we covered King Jacob. Uh, tell the people about what you do and your business.
2: So, I run my own uh, custom woodworking shop, um, just building mainly furniture. I'm in the middle. Because due to this whole Corona thing, I'm in the middle of a uh, shift in the focus, uh, changing my target customer base. Mm-hmm. But essentially, uh, any furniture, wooden models, plaques, stuff like that, I build it all. Um, up until here recently, my primary uh, customer base was uh, all military. Because uh, in the military, they uh, it's called a PCS. Uh, that's what they call it in the army. Every branch got their own name, but it's the same shit. But uh, basically, it's permanent change of stations whenever they transfer you to another base. Depending on how much everybody around you liked you, they'll give you a PCS gift. And uh, I saw that opportunity about four or five years ago to start, you know, marketing and taking advantage of this. Because they're all going to these trophy shops right outside the gate where they're charging seven, $800 for this little just piece of shit uh, slab of walnut with your name stinted on it. Mm-hmm. Something takes five minutes to do. They're charging ridiculous prices. So then I started doing uh, models of the uh, the trucks and the aircraft that we use and i started selling those and then uh also i was in a cavalry unit uh ones where the cowboy hat Stetson, spurs all that stuff it's real cool uh so everybody's Stetsons, this is uh two three hundred dollar hat depends on which company you order from you got to pay for it with your own money which is stupid as fuck but you get all spend all this money for this hat and then people are just slinging it in their office they came up you know Everybody's just throwing the shit in there. And if you look online for, you know, uh, a hat holder, essentially something nice to put up in your office or your home to hold it up. Once again, those things like three, $400, man, it's just this little bare piece of metal with like a little J-hook yeah. uh, bent into it. So I took advantage of that. built these nice uh, ones built out of wood. These nice beautiful ones with like all your info, everything on it. And then I turned around and sell those for about 100 bucks but at the same time I was only putting maybe 40 50 bucks into each one so you know mad profit and then I was just doing that as a hobby you know in between missions and everything going on mm-hmm. and then my wife told me like you might as well get out of the army and do this so I was like yo know, fuck it like let's pull the trigger on this so I started it up and then everything was going smooth cuz people uh people in the army and they change duty stations once every 2 years you got 5 600 people in your unit they're all rotating in and out constantly. So it's a constant customer base of people moving in and out. Yeah. So I took advantage of that. And then this whole coronavirus happened that uh, stopped movement order for the military. No one's allowed to change duty station, nothing like no travel whatsoever. And it's like overnight, my whole business just cut, uh, dropped under. So I'm in the middle of shifting my base to. Uh, what you call it? Garage renovation is one of the targets I'm heading for now. Uh, also, still doing like the furniture, kitchen tables, bookshelves, all essential stuff like that. Trying to branch out into like conference tables for like uh, these Fortune 500 companies. Cause you can make uh, for nice conference table sits 12 to 18 people, you can usually get those for about 10 to 15 grand on yeah. the low side. Mm-hmm. And if i can do that i can do one table a month that feeds my kids puts money in savings takes care of the wife now, it still gives me do what's you,
1: with the furniture do you um do you do contracts at work mostly or is it something that you pre-make the stuff and then sell it afterwards oh
2: everything's 100 percent custom built okay. i want to do a bunch of pre-made so that you can just order it and i just go ahead and ship it out or i deliver it the same day but i still have a small operation i'm working out of a uh, three-car garage mm-hmm. i don't really have storage space for everything but at the same time, getting to do everything custom one off for each person to make sure everybody gets everything uh, each individual gets is one hundred percent unique, tailor fitted mm-hmm. to them. It's not like everybody like uh, IKEA. Yeah. Like if you buy you a desk at IKEA, there's a hundred other people out there same desk from IKEA. Mm-hmm. So, so what um what got you into woodworking? Uh, honestly, my grandfather yeah. uh, he did woodworking like just as a hobby. And then basically, growing up poor, like if I need something, I know it's a lot cheaper for me to build it for myself than to go to the store and buy it. Because, mm-hmm. like, a kitchen table, even like a cheap one from Renaissance, and that's all just press wood that'll fall apart for a couple of years, like five, $600. Or you can run down to Lowe's, Home Depot, spend maybe 60 bucks, And now you got a really nice dining table. And it gives you that pride when you got a friends, family come over, they're like, damn, I really like that table, man. Where'd you get it? I was like, oh, dude, I built that in my garage. Yeah. So, you know, it gives you that little ego boost. And then, like I said, out of nowhere, man, as well as people actually pay me for this. So, it just took off in that direction. Were you, um,
0: so you said your grandpa mainly taught you, did he, was there any, like, where'd you get all your learning from, I guess, or your education in woodworking?
2: Trial and error, mm-hmm. yeah, like 100%. Um, I was doing, it wasn't, it was more functional furniture that I was doing in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, just, you know, two sides, the shelves, whatever I needed it for at that moment. Every now and then, like, I dip out, try to do something that just looks pretty, just because, see if I can do it. And then, probably about six years ago, man, I discovered this uh, small-time app, uh, YouTube. You know, I don't <laughs> know if you've heard of it or not. Mm-hmm. Or, but turns out, like, there's a lot of motherfuckers on there doing woodworking so then I started watching other people doing their stuff. And, like, you know, everybody gets their own style and develops it. And then they actually, like, teach you, like, hey, this is how I do this. But, like, the way my mind works is I don't I don't do good sitting still. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I uh, walk into someone's house and I see, like, the desk you have right here, the whole time we've been talking, I've been planning out in my head and, like, the back of my mind, like, how to actually build that, like, the joinery and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just get to the point where I've thought about it for... Two, three weeks, like, just in the back of my mind, I'll just walk into the shop and just decide, like, I'm going to build this. Yeah. And then in the middle of building it, I'll see where I've messed up. And 90% of carpentry is covering up your mistakes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like, uh, like when you install cabinets and stuff like that, you know how the floor is not level. So, you put it there, but then you got to put trim over it to cover up where everything's on level, kind of trick the eye. Yeah. But then if the gap's too big, you got to get bigger uh, bigger trim, smaller trim. So sometimes uh, your mess up dictates the design. But it's like rolling on the fly. Like, that's the part I love is, uh essentially it's like solving a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Stuff messes up, and you just got to figure out how to fix it on the spot without costing yourself and the customer, you know, a couple extra hundred dollars.
1: Now, would you say that you have a particular style? Because you mentioned, like, YouTubers that you watch having, like, their own style.
2: I'd like to think I do. Mm-hmm. But I've also, I wouldn't say my style is like 100% like you see it. Like if you've seen my work, you could probably recognize my work. Mm-hmm. But it's not something like if it's in a museum everybody's gonna walk them like no nah, that's that's definitely warhorse wood shop
1: well can you describe it for me like what are some pieces or like some aesthetic things that you gravitate more towards or that you stay away from when you're putting together furniture
2: i, I try to stay uh like i i try to target aesthetics like i do want it to look good mm-hmm. but my overall goal is function like this needs to function all right well, case in point like uh my bed frame like for my personal bed it's a queen-size mattress but also, I read the study probably, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago. It's proven fact the higher you are off the ground, the better you sleep. So I wanted a high rise, but also I don't have much storage space in my house. Like There's not uh, like big walk in closets everywhere. And I have a lot of clothes. My wife has a lot of clothes. Everything's jammed in the dressers. So the overall function and purpose of it was I wanted, a, it's called like a captain's bed style. It's basically got drawers and everything under the bed. Mm-hmm. So I built it out like that, made sure it had enough space to hold everything I own as far as clothing wise uh, not shoes though but everything as far as clothing wise plus two extra drawers so that dictated the space I got it a little bit higher but then also uh, I had a puppy at the time when I was building the bed my wife was tired of the puppy sleeping on the bed but so I carved out the spot that goes under where I sleep at he's actually got his own dog bed built into it so that uh, that contributed to the design of it also I hate the uh, when you plug your phone into the charger like you know the wall uh, the outlet could be on this corner all the way over here in the house. It could be over there. It could be in the middle of the bed frame, depending on where you set up your bed. I was just irritated with plugging my phone in and roll over in the middle of my sleep uh, phone unplugs. But I'm also a heavy sleeper, so like if my alarm's not right there by my head, I'm not going to hear it. I'm not going to wake up. So my solution to that problem is I'm going to integrate into the headboard of it. I'm going to put wall outlets into it, but I'm also going to build a mantle into it so that my phone can sit there right above my head. But, I mean, why stop at one? Like, my wife should have one, too. So, now Mm -hmm. both sides of it. And then it's just, that's the primary function of everything. And then on top of that, just try to make it look good. So, I added just some extra pieces. Did a different stain. Added some trim to it. You know, just little, like, less is more.
1: Yeah.
0: So, there's not, like, a specific set or, like, a group of items that you build. It's just more, like, throughout life, whatever you've needed, you just kind of try it out and... If you liked it, you continue to build it and build for others?
2: Uh, technically, I mean, that's a pretty good way to do it. A lot of things is, like, uh, another thing I built for myself, I built a coffee bar just because the new house that me and my wife moved into, we didn't have room. There's no counter space, like, just none. And then I also like to cook. Like, I'm, I'm always cooking, but I don't just use simple stuff. Like, I like to cut up all fresh veggies, fresh mm-hmm. meat. Like, everything's fresh, but I don't have space for that. But I'm also, I like coffee. I got a cure for my quick cups in the morning. I also got a coffee pot for when I'm going to be there all day. But I didn't have my coffee pot, my little coffee area was taking up all this real estate for me cooking. it was frustrating. So I built a coffee bar. It's just an extra little set of cabinets. I know I'm not going to be, I'm renting right now. I know I'm not going to be staying here, so I'm going to be moving. So I put wheels on it. So I built this little coffee station. It's just, it looks like a two-door, two-drawer cabinet with this nice little, uh, using a bunch of scrap wood uh, countertop for it. That was something I built for me. I posted a picture of it on my Instagram. Then instantly, I got an order for like 15 of them. Mm-hmm. Just random people. So then now it turns out now I'm the guy building coffee bars.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then I was at a customer's house delivering a coffee bar. They, uh, what was it that lady wanted? Uh, she wanted a dining table, but she wanted the dining table with, uh, instead of chairs, she wanted benches, kind of like a mm-hmm. farmhouse style, but she wanted the benches to be able to tuck up under the table out of the way. So, like, they gave me a challenge. I did that. But that was all, like, off of her request. I built it, posted a picture of it. Now I got to order for, like, six, seven more. Now I'm the dining table guy. Yeah. So it's basically whatever the moment happens. Yeah. But still at the uh, back of my shop, still my primary customer base has been the military. So still the model trucks, model aircraft, stuff like that, I'm still knocking those out the whole time. What would you say is your uh, favorite thing to build? Something I haven't built before. Yeah. Yeah, like if it's just something new that I've never done, cause uh, like a great seller for me, those rustic wooden American mm-hmm. flags. I mean, I'm sure everybody's seen them by now. Like everybody's got them, but like those uh, Veterans Day, Memorial Day, Fourth uh, of July, those are my number one sellers. I can make probably six grand the week of the Fourth of July, yeah. just knocking out those flags, and it's a three dollar investment on my part. Yeah. So it's always great sellers, but. If, uh, like, let's say you came to me, right? Like, I'm getting a new podcast studio. Mm-hmm. I want my table where everybody's sitting down at. I want it to be unique. I want everybody to walk in and realize, like, hey, this is something 100% unique. But I also need to have all these cords. I need to have these plugs. I also think it'd be cool if when my guests came in, there's wireless chargers built in so they can just set their device down, like, on the table and charge it. But I don't want the cords and everything out. Mm-hmm. But I also need to do this, I need to do that. So now you just gave me a laundry list of all this dumb shit that makes no sense to anybody else, and it's me taking the time out of my day to figure out how can I solve this puzzle. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. Okay, I gotta relight this. Give
0: me a second. <laughs> what about um, past things that you built so far? What has been the most exciting piece?
1: Most exciting and most challenging.
0: Mm.
2: The most challenging thing I built here recently is a uh, bunk bed, which I actually built this for my kids, was the original start for it. And then, like I said, orders come in for more stuff similar to it. Yeah. It is for some reason, my wife made this decision while I was deployed, but my son's getting a full size bed. My daughter's got a twin size bed. But like I said, when we moved into our new house, the bedrooms are small, nothing fits, they don't have space for anything. They spent five minutes in there. So it's how do I get these two beds into a bunk bed when they're not the same, like they're not the same size or anything like that, but they also have a bunch of crap, like getting the storage and everything for that. So realize with the floor space to maximize it, obviously the uh, the full size mattress needs to be the top bunk. So that way the twin size mattress on the bottom takes up the least amount of real estate. So it's how to form the structural integrity of it so that it can hold the weight. Cause my son's a big guy. He's My daughter's three years older than him, and he's already bigger than her. Like, you know, he's genetically engineered to be an offensive lineman. (laughs) Like, yeah. So I got to make sure this holds his weight for the next five to ten years. But then at the same time, like, now I got to figure out, like, do I do a ladder? And I decided ladders are boring. And on top of that, my kids also have a big bookshelf in their room that I absolutely hated. It was this IKEA piece of crap my wife bought them so it's those uh, uh what's those things those cubicle uh little squares just yeah. got a bunch of squares built in you put the little baskets in yeah. you don't yeah. out
1: you don't like those
2: i do like those i didn't like the one that we had
1: IKEA got some cheap shit yeah
2: but low key though they they revolutionized that like that whole industry because mm-hmm. most time people think about furniture man they think about ikea like
1: they're like the mcdonald's of furniture
2: yeah, just because I there's like that what and Ashley's like
0: you don't really hear they got nah, the most IKEA marketing.
1: And, but IKEA is on like what he's talking about. IKEA literally like like you have to build everything yourself. But what they've done is, is they've literally created like almost like That's fast fashion and yeah. fast food. They're like fast furniture. Yeah. So everything is like hella cheap. It's not quality at all, but it's very simple. It's clean aesthetic. It's you can
2: get your McDouble bookshelf right here. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. But like like they, and that's what it is. They've renewed. they uh, removed the whole like R and D process behind it. Like you don't have to sit down with pen and piece of paper figuring out how to get this. Like do you have these right tools to cut this wood the right way? Yeah. So it's just it's like a box of Legos. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's functional Legos for adults. Is what it is like they've. As much as I hate on IKEA, like I'm super respect for them because they like they've cornered that whole market. Yeah. And the same like I was talking about earlier, like you got pride in them. People are like, man, I really like that. And you're like, yeah dude, I built that. Like yeah. that was me. I was mad the whole time I was building it. But <laughs> but uh but yeah so instead of doing like ladder I set up a staircase. Like I built them a staircase out of it. But I did it in the same style like those uh those little cubicles. So all their baskets and everything still fit in there. Yeah. Like man, I was super proud of that. But all my projects, like anytime I do something new I'm always the most proud of it in, like, the first maybe five days. After that, like, I'm bored with it. I want something new. It's, yeah. so like, my favoriteest thing I've ever built. It's always the last thing I just built. Okay. Like, I, I got a toolbox. That's It was 100% for me, 100% functional. But, I, like, I wanted a. Uh, I'm a craftsman guy. And I went to Lowe's. I wanted to go pick out me a craftsman toolbox cause I got some extra money. And still, like, one of these 22 drawer toolboxes is, like, $1,800. Like, that's a car yeah. mm-hmm. so like I can't justifiably spend that much money but then I looked over I priced it out, I drew it out it cost me $200 to build this toolbox for myself it comes with the same amount of drawers I can paint it, stain it the way I want it I can customize it hundred percent for me and man I love that thing for about two weeks and now like I'm just I want my next thing mm-hmm. like I, I need my next fix yeah
1: I got some work for you. If you need a fix, oh, I man. just moved into a house and I have like a whole empty uh, dining room that I'm like, I need a table. I got a sunroom. I've been trying to brainstorm around. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh, see, I can I can set that up in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, you the dining table guy, so yeah. I need to call you for the dining table and the coffee the coffee bar.
2: Oh yeah, I can set all that up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, as far as setting up your business, um, how long, how long? You got out of the military at what year?
2: I got out last December, technically. Last December? Yeah, about five, six months ago.
0: Oh, so that wasn't that? No. Very recently. Were you doing the woodworking before
2: while you were in? Yeah, see, I started it all up, and uh, I came up with a name and everything, like, branded my page probably about three years ago, two and a half, three years ago. But it was just something I was doing on the side, like, you know, just a little side hustle. Yeah. And I realized I could do this full time, and then... Basically, I, I, I played it the safe route. Like, I still have my full-time job, which in the Army is like a job and a half. But it's, sometimes it's barely half a job. So I just took advantage of all the free time I had. But I'm also used to not sleeping at all. Like, I can go three, four nights without sleep. Like, no problem for me. So I was losing sleep every night. So basically, I'd work from 6 a.m. to about 5 or 6 o'clock. Yeah. Have dinner with my wife, maybe watch 20 minutes of TV. And then head right into the garage start pumping out to about five or maybe about four or five in the morning and just doubling down on everything once i realized that the money i'm making from this uh second job matches and exceeds my army paycheck then which everything's contracted it's not like i can just like okay now i'm making enough money let's quit this job mm-hmm. which is what i would have done if it was a regular nine to five or to add a conversation with my boss like hey like i need, need you to draw me back to a part-time employee like that's the ride i would have taken that way but once i realized all the money was there and then i had vacation time saved up because i planned on getting out when i did so i had three months of leave so that's three months of steady paychecks that's just vacation time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so for three months i was just doubled up on my paychecks but also reinvested like all my extra money put it back into my shop budget only everything's real real tight Mm and then just started knocking everything out and then any free time i have you gotta double down on your process figure out like what's the most efficient way and then basically uh in the beginning when i was full-time which is probably uh october uh 2019 anybody's listening to this and you know in the future but uh uh back in october I settled down and I try to figure out like uh, like what's my overhead because I realize I'm not making the money I should be making mm-hmm. because I actually set up the business account and I had my personal account. I was doing payroll to myself and I realized a lot of money was missing, which makes me think somebody's stealing my money. Mm-hmm. But then I sat down, uh, spent a whole day just going through everything and realized, like, it's me. Like, I'm hemorrhaging money. I would say it's just you and your business, yeah, though. like, yeah. it was just me. If been <laughs> <other> <laughs> way, which, still, if I'd be quick. Like, if anybody else would have been involved in my business, I'd have yeah. been out their front door. Like, hey, you're stealing my fucking money. No. But it's just me. So, like, you know what? Am I going to knock them all in bedroom? <laughs> yeah. So, I realized it's basically overhead. Mm-hmm. Like, overhead was killing. That's uh, Essentially, that's what it costs to run a business. Mm-hmm. So that's like your power bill, all the consumables. So, like for me, that's the saws, sandpaper, the screws, the glue. That's all stuff previously I hadn't had, uh, like worked into my pricing module. So now I realize like I need to up the price to compensate for this. Or I just need to get more efficient, so I'm spending less time on each thing. How long did it take you to realize,
0: like, all right, I'm not making the money I need to.
2: Uh, about two months, because mm-hmm. it took, like, this is uh, set up with spreadsheets, which I'm old school. I don't really, I should be better at computers. I'm, I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never been my thing. So, I got a little, uh, those little grid papers you can buy at the craft store. You yeah. know what about? you on paper mm-hmm. still? Yeah. I bust out the paper, because, like, I can physically see it now. Like, okay. It's, so, I'm doing all the math myself. I'm counting everything. Okay, this is this month's profits. And then next month, I had less than I thought I did. So then I had to sit down and compare it. Okay, like, I I built this many things. I spent this much time doing this. I spent that much time doing that. Started doing proper inventories, like, my screws, my nails, my glue. Like, actually figuring out, like, what the fuck has happened. Like, why am I making less now? Because I got more work. Like, I should be making more money. So then I figured out, like, this is 100% on me. Like, my overhead is not calculated into it. So then I had to sit down and figure all that crap out. So then the third month, I broke even. Because now I know how to do it the right way. Fourth month came up, now I'm making profits again. Mm-hmm. So then it just it started pumping up. Everything started running smooth then. Yeah.
1: So I guess, like, what, for somebody, let's say a young person wants to get, like, started in something like this. Like, they're listening to what you're saying, and they're like, yo, like, this sounds dope, right? You had a, you said your your grandfather's who, yeah. yeah. Um. For a young person or anybody it doesn't have to be a young person who's interested in getting started in something like carpentry what's the easiest way to just kind of get their hands and their feet wet
2: If they're trying to get into carpentry uh, honestly man look on YouTube 100 mm-hmm. percent there's two or three hundred guys I could name probably 10 of them that are really good but you got to decide what you want to build and what's the level of quality you're looking for. Because especially now there's this whole movement that started about a year ago called postmodern. Uh um, oh yeah. Yeah, and it's basically it's plywood. Which, I
1: like the postmodern. Like yeah. I love like the, the the we talked about this, like I want my I know it's supposed to be higher, but I like the low to the floor decor. Yeah. With like the crates for the bed frame and stuff like that. Yeah,
2: well see I like I, I like the styling of it, I like the aesthetics with all the crazy angles, the feet splayed out. I do like that, but it's like People are okay with like the exposed plywood edging, mm-hmm. which if you know anything about wood, like plywood's not quality. But at the same time, like, if that's your price and you're okay with the plywood, then plywood's cool. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy because it'd be charging more, too. Yeah. <laughs> charging more for the scraps. Yeah, like that's the... It's yeah. like
1: distressed jeans.
2: Exactly. Facts. Yeah, same Facts. thing because now you're Whatever spending twice styles. as much money on a pair of jeans that look used. Which, man, that's one thing that's always killed me. <laughs> people that's got the uh, like the ripped knees. They got
1: the... Uh, you pay $85 for the pants. Yeah, like. <laughs>
2: like, I got a box of those at the house. Like, I got throwing those things away because they weren't looking good.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, it's like you're paying extra money to look like you do work for a living.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but, uh, essentially, like, uh, that whole thing came out. And it's now, especially with this uh, coronavirus that came out, more people are into, like, you know, doing stuff on their own now. So, uh, there's... Two guys, uh, Benjamin Ueda, uh which is modern builds on uh, YouTube, and there's also uh, Homemade Modern. Uh, I can't think of that guy's name. The they do a lot of uh, real simple builds. Like, they look extravagant, but they do a. Uh, they got a whole series that's on like three tool sets. Mm-hmm. So it's like to build this bed frame, all you need is a skill saw, a power drill, and a sander. Like that's the three tools you need to so keep it kind of cheap. You can buy uh, little bundle packs stuff like that because the most mm-hmm. expensive thing in any type of carpentry is the tools, and you get what you pay for. And you got some people there, uh, you know, they're kind of like the Gucci people. They need the, uh, <laughs> they have to have DeWalt, like one hundred percent. Like if it's not DeWalt, it's not quality. It's that's uh. I'm
0: gonna stop you real quick. Oh, because my camera went off. Oh but man, but nah, you
2: can get into it. I was, I was about like, to go ham on you, man. No,
0: nah, I didn't know. I knew as soon as you said it.
2: So you got some people that what? So some people, they think if it's not a DeWalt tool, it's not quality. But that's the same pe- same type of people that's like, if it's not a Gucci belt, it's not a Gucci purse, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Man, a $2 belt at Walmart holds your pants up just the same way a Gucci belt does. It just doesn't look as good. doesn't have the brand recognition. So a lot of people will uh, just pour money into these just name brand tools Look on Craigslist. Look on Facebook Market. People throw away tools all the time. But the thing about that is if you're going to buy used tools, if you don't know what you're looking at, bring somebody that does. Like, you know, if you have a dad it's that's like stuck around. Yeah, basically. Just have somebody with you that knows what looking. Because used tools are a lot like used gym equipment. Right? If you're buying it used, it's either never been really been touched or it's been abused. So you got to have somebody that knows the difference between that. But you can literally... Go to Walmart and little tool section. You can buy a $5 handsaw, and then like a $20 power drill that plugs into the wall instead of having a battery operated. And you can run a full wood shop with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then just as you go, take some extra money you make, flip it over, invest it back into tools.
1: Is this something that you've like, have you thought about um, providing like these facts and, the, and this knowledge that you have around tools and building things? to your own platform like have you considered doing like your own youtube videos or putting stuff on your instagram that's informational like you know what tools you can buy and things like that myths around building your own stuff
2: i've i've considered it and i've you know got this little fantasy in the back of my head that i'm gonna be a successful youtuber one day (laughs) But, you know, it's like winning the lottery. If you want to win the lottery, you got to actually play the lottery. This right. is what we're doing right now. Yeah, this is yeah. what you're doing, Next week. You're
1: building your brand yeah. out.
2: Yeah, so, um, but see, at first, like, my whole thing is I wanted to start. I didn't want to start with just full 100% into YouTube, into Facebook. My mm-hmm. Facebook page and my Instagram page is 100%. Always going out and, like, uh, trying to do podcasts, do advertisements, do everything, try to, like, just grab and bring people in. Mm-hmm that's the beautiful thing about starting it as part-time, I was able to allow, like slowly let it grow so that people can make the decision to follow me on their own based off of my quality, not based off of the person they like told them to do it. And uh I mean, I'm proud of my numbers cuz my Facebook page has got like 313 followers, my mm-hmm. Instagram I got like 110. Yeah. <laughs> but like my Instagram at 110 people, I don't know a single one of them personally. Those are just people that just happen to find me on Instagram, click follow. Yeah. So to me I value those 100 people, but like my Facebook I got 313 on the uh, my business page, which is Warhorse Woodshop, you know, follow me. But uh I probably about 75 to 80 of those, I do know those people personally. And I'm not saying that they're less valuable, but they found me because I told them to find me. My Instagram, that was 100%, I didn't tell nobody about my Instagram. They just I put it out there, they found it. And I'd like to do the same with YouTube. Like, if I start a, a YouTube page, I'm probably going to run my YouTube channel for about a year or so before I actually advertise it. Because if I came here today telling y'all, hey, go follow me on YouTube, Warhorse Woodshop, which I've already got a channel set up. Like, I already set up an account. as Warhorse Builds, so no one can take that from me. But if I started posting videos today and I came in here today saying, hey, come follow me, if people do decide they want to click on my... uh my thing to look at my videos, I've only got one, so they've got no real judgment of who I am, anything like that. Yeah. But if I come back next year and I've got 30 videos, yeah. and now I start advertising it, now when someone finds me, they're like, okay, that was kind of okay, let's see what else he's got. Because you can have just one video that's just a certified banger, like, just a, a bomb ass video, and then your other 29 of them are trash, so now they're gonna think, okay, this dude's consistently trash. So I'd like to just be able to build it out, figure out everything for myself before I start advertising. And Don't let that hold you off for too long, though, because I did the same thing as far as like just with
0: music and even Fresh Start as far as like not wanting people to see the growth. You just want to pop out and yeah. people fuck with your shit. But, you know, you'd be surprised how, how fast time will go by.
1: I was going to say, too, like even when we're talking about like Rep Talk. God knows, like, that first episode was, like, rough. <laughs> yeah. So I have a pod... It's not about me. But I've, I manage a podcast, produce a podcast in one of the alternative schools in Savannah. And Boom is basically our engineer that does all the post-production and stuff. Okay. And I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, I know how to work with kids, that's my day job, yeah. but I don't really do any type of filming and audio recording stuff. I do all of the behind-the-scenes planning and producing stuff. Mm. So, I mean, the and I had this beautiful curriculum built out, and we were going to do all this planning and gaining to perfection, all this practice work and stuff, and then... You know, I mean, this is from working with kids, so it just, that wasn't gonna work. <laughs> I think I yeah. walked in to, to the school, like on, on the third week and realized like, oh, we're not gonna be able to hold off for any longer. We gotta start recording and posting now. Yeah. And um, I just switched gears and started doing it that way. And even though the process isn't clean, I'm still equally as proud to see where, like you can see the growth, which yeah. I think is really cool. As opposed to, normally I'm a perfectionist as well. Let me get all these loose ends tied. And I guess, like, again, working with kids and education has kind of flipped that mindset to where sometimes you just got to jump into the deep end and then figure out how to swim afterward. Um, And some
0: people
2: people will appreciate, you know, you taking them on that journey with you. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, it's the same with life, man. You got to find that balance. Mm -hmm. Like, you can't pull the trigger too fast. You can't pull the trigger too late. Yeah. I mean, like most people are like uh like marriages right like marriages are falling left and right but it's because people pull the trigger too quick you know like their fifth sixth date like damn i really like this person let's get married like fuck it like everything's Mm good Mm -hmm. so they pull the trigger too soon now they realize like around like their six month anniversary damn she really does eat every meal chewing loud as fuck like i can't stand her (laughs)
0: But then that's, that's a deal
2: breaker. Yeah, but then, oh man, I, people eat loud. Like I'll give you open one warning. Open mouth I just yeah. can't, like.
1: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. it. Well, see, open mouth chewers, I can, I can understand that. Like, hey, close your mouth, man. That's gross. Mm. But people who close their mouth, and they're still eating loud. Like, oh man. <laughs> I just want to uppercut you just so bad. That's a big peeve. But, uh, no, that's not my biggest, but that's, that's, that's up there. But it's then
1: definitely up there in my top five.
2: But then there's other people, man. They've been dating for seven, eight years. Like, what y- y'all ain't getting married, y'all got no plans? Like, y'all have wasted almost a decade. Like, either pull the trigger don't pull the trigger, like, you know. I mean, maybe marriage just isn't for them. I mean, it's, marriage isn't for everybody. I
1: would say that for the people who decide, yeah. there's a lot of people who are knowingly in relationships where they know, like, this is what it is. Like, there mm-hmm. is no, like, the on-paper marriage isn't going to happen. But I think... There's a difference between acknowledging that and then pursuing, you know, moving forward with that in mind, versus those people who are in this gray area of we've been together for seven years and I'm still like take Jim Jones and what's his wife named Chrissy? Poor baby just waiting on the ring and the marriage and like we all just <laughs> waiting I mean, with I mean, you like don't we don't might as we well go ahead. Reference. I'm sorry, it's okay. Yeah. It's loving hip hop stuff,
2: but oh,
1: okay. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> it's just people. <laughs> you good over there?
2: Yeah, I'm good. I remember what? my first beer. <laughs> nah, it's tea. Oh.
1: Anyway. But, um, yeah, like, you do have those people I mean,
0: who are I'm going chug back waiting. up. Yeah, yeah, man, that's did. my, this my know, third okay. one. Am I right? I'm oh, still damn. sipping. I was going to say, let me, let me catch a up a we We taking Somewhat. a break? We, I think this is the
1: room for a break. I think we need a huh? break now. All right. So, yeah, damn, we're going to just... we're gonna take a
0: quick break. Stay tuned. Uh, we got a couple more questions for Jake as far as his business and the uh, trialships of building that. Stay tuned for Shot Radio. <laughs> uh.